there were rules for being outside in these mountains after dark. The biggest one being, don't be outside after dark. But I was already there. I just kept my eyes on the path directly in front of me. Everybody knew if you looked too hard into the trees, there would always be something there. I fought the urge to whistle as I walked. Whistling would only call things to me that I didn't want to think about. The more I thought about the creatures lurking in the dark, the tighter my chest grew, to the point that a shrill scream escaped me when a branch cracked in front of me on the trail. My eyes flew upward. It was just a deer. I took a closer look. Something wasn't right. That was not just a deer. Welcome back to A&A's Tall Tales. I'm Andrea. And I'm Amanda. And we finally have not deer. I mean... <gasps> I'm so excited for the not deer. I am too. I didn't mean that to sound like it's a good thing to have not deer. I love not deer. I would not be sad at not at having not deer. I, I think I might be a little sad. No. A little scared. <laughs> yeah. But they're so cool. They're such an interesting phenomena. They are my absolute favorite cryptid, if you could not tell. I love not deer. My poor friends and family have <laughs> been so, are like so tired of me talking about the not deer at this point. <laughs> I think I've asked everybody that I know at this point if they've ever heard of them or have any kind of story about them. And it, yeah, we're not the only ones that are excited about them. We'll put it that way. <laughs> I'm sure if anybody has not heard of this phenomenon, first of all, what rock are you living under? Because even I heard about them. But second of all, what exactly are they, right? Yeah. They're, they're not deer. Yeah, that it's, they're exactly what they sound. They are not deer. It's actually, it's a really interesting very wide range of, um, of possibilities. So some of the most common descriptions of not deer include things like forward facing eyes, which if you think about it and coming from a, an equestrian background, knowing what a prey animal versus a predator are and some of their characteristics seems pretty common sense to me, but it's not for everybody. So the forward facing eyes is a trait of a predator, not a deer. But then you have not deer. Exactly. Sorry, I'm down here. We have a storm rolling in and I'm down here at dad's and the dog's in here with me and he's kind of creeping me out because he's like wandering around sniffing at everything and it's super quiet in here and I have noise canceling headphones in with my back to the window that faces the woods as we're talking about this stuff, so. Oh, so a perfect time for the not deer yeah. to come visit you. Yeah, I'm like trying to figure out how you pull the blinds and stuff real quick here. Giving myself goosebumps, like I couldn't concentrate. Okay, that's much better. So again, the, one of the biggest descriptions of these things, the most common descriptions of these things is forward facing eyes. So predator's eyes. Another one is strangely elongated mouths with carnivore type teeth. 
So a lot of people liken it to coyote or wolf type of teeth. Also, sometimes even extra rows of teeth or protruding teeth that, you know, come past the, poke out past the lips and in abnormal angles and things. There's reports of claws or hands instead of hooves, which I don't know why that one makes me shudder every time. That a lot of times when folks come up on these things, they are standing on two legs instead of four. That they have a noticeable lack of fear of people. So not just they're alert and watching you and you can get kind of close to them if you move slowly and they're not used to being hunted or anything, but more of a, they will aggressively come toward you and, or chase you and just not typical deer qualities. There's reports of strange clicking noises that they make and moving in very uncomfortable, jerking, phase-like movements. Another thing about these that is very, very distinctive is their size. And assuming that not everybody has been around deer on a regular basis, like we are in Ohio, (laughs) deer are big, but they're not that big. a good-sized buck yeah. is going to be, you know, between 200 and 300 pounds. I mean, they'll, they'll, a good-sized buck will probably meet you straight in the eye, but they're not, you know, moose size like not deer are supposed to be. Right. They're not abnormally largely proportioned, and they're going to be, especially at different times of the year during, like, the rut and everything, right this time of year and within the next six weeks or so, They're going to be a little more aggressive than they typically would, but that's different than what's described in so many encounters with these things. But yes, size-wise, there's a lot of reports of them having moose-like proportions, and moose are enormous. They are bigger than horses. Yes. Do not screw with moose. Yeah. So that alone kind of throws me a little bit. There's also a lot of talk that they have human-like intelligence. And I'm not sure what that means exactly. (laughs) But also that they have a predatory feel to them. And I think that goes along with some of the reports of these these not-deer stalking people and maintaining eye contact, which brings up the whole bright glowing eyes oh i don't have glowing eyes yeah i have multiple eyes and human eyes but not glowing eyes yeah there was a few encounters that i ran across especially down in the southern appalachian mountains of reports of glowing eyes and it's interesting to me because this is not the first cryptid that we've run into that is reported with glowing eyes. That seems to be such a common thing. And I just, I enjoy noting the commonalities between some of these different encounters and legends and long-term traits. The, the creepiest, I'm going to venture to say, thing to me 
about these sightings, these creatures. Is it the legs? Are the legs, yeah. Yeah. Just legs that have too many or not enough joints? Or is it that the joints bend the opposite way of what a normal deer or four-legged creature would? Mm-hmm. Which is often attributed to the jerky movements and uncomfortable movements. When when I think about this, I think about, like, typical, stereotypical, like, horror movie jerk movements where they're, like, backwards and double-jointed. And that's what I think of in deer, and it doesn't give me happy thoughts. Exactly. And I'm just thinking, you know, especially with the horse background and how horse leg anatomy and deer leg anatomy are very similar as far as how they bend, where they move, not necessarily, you know, how their actual strides go, but the joints bend in very similar manner. And then to see that not quite right and not really be able to put a finger on why, because that's also something that comes with the not deer is once you are out of their presence, not quite really being able to describe what they actually looked like or what was so off about them. A lot of people use descriptors like the ink, that the legs were just too long. The antlers were too big. It was just too thickly muscled. And none of that is, or the neck was just too long. Like it just, it doesn't, for as many people that have encountered this, nobody has a very sharp, clear description or photo. Yeah, it. there's so much as far as what these things look like. I think there are only a couple ones that I see that we didn't touch on, which was their heads are misshapen. Some reports mm-hmm. of their skin is rotting and falling off actually found like shorter than they should be yeah and people have seen them eating meat yeah it just it seemed like the the descriptors were just anything goes other than normal proportions if that makes sense like legs too Mm -hmm. long legs too short standing on two legs standing on no legs having hands instead of hooves having claws instead of hooves their antlers being too big, too too thick, too velveted. Um, seeing them come through a space between trees that they shouldn't be able to fit through with their size. Um, having like the the protruding teeth and the lips not quite right, and jaws offset, and just not deer. <laughs> Mm-hmm. In my mind is all sorts of strange things with this. Now, and I love it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can see. I knew you would. I, it it creeps me out probably more than I would like to admit. So, the thing is, what I find very interesting with these is they started out as being like an Appalachian cryptid. The sightings were most commonly reported in Virginia, West Virginia, parts of Kentucky, parts of Southern Ohio. And that was that was it for quite a while. And then all of a sudden recently, 
they've exploded across a couple of different social media platforms. And all of a sudden you're getting stories from the Pacific Northwest and into Canada and down into Mexico. And it, that is bizarre. It seems like such a wide range because usually when you think about a cryptid, cryptid like the frogmen or even Bigfoot, it's more the forests or this particular lake. But the deer seem to be just kind of ev- sorry, the not deer <laughs> seem to be just kind of everywhere. Um, which kind of I guess is a good transition for the logical explanation for not deer. Yeah. There are two specific diseases. The first is chronic wasting disease, which is a deadly bacteria that causes dramatic weight loss, stumbling in ataxia, reduced fear of people, walking in circles, and salivation. Which yeah. all kind of explains some of the not-deer tropes that you find. There's, there's one story that comes to mind specifically that I saw on, I can't think of what website it was, but I've heard it on a couple of different platforms, and it very much sounds like textbook CWD. Because this particular story that's coming to mind talked about the excessive drooling and laying in the middle of the road and not moving, uh, clicking and teeth grinding, direct eye contact, odd movements and proportions. And that is, that lines up directly with the symptoms of chronic wasting disease. I mean, this is such a, a horrifying disease with, with deer that vet, vets, park rangers, hunters, they call it zombie deer syndrome. Yeah, it's not good. And if you've ever seen something that's emaciated to the point of it, you can see like all the bumps and everything in its skull and in its neck and its scapula and stuff. It, it's going to look like the thing that it is, but also not quite right. And then if you add to that, it's stumbling in a taxic and not super sure on its feet. It's going to throw you off. Right. And then having the clicking noises and things that are associated with not deer. I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard an animal that's meant to eat grass with their flat, broad teeth grinding or clicking. It's unnerving. Well, that actually brings up the second disease, which is epizootic hemorrhagic disease, also known as blue tongue disease, which causes emaciation, loss of motor control, fever, lameness, swelling of the head and neck, trouble breathing, reduced fear, and teeth grinding. Yeah. And an advanced case of blue tongue, it can even present with nasal discharge ulcerated and or reddened lips and muzzles, very swollen lips and tongues. A lot of times the tongue will get so swollen it'll stick out of the mouth and not be able to be brought back in and it will present a blue color to the tongue. 
It also, in the final stages of the disease, can make the hooves extremely painful, causing strange and jerky type of movements. It can even get to the point that sometimes the hooves will even slough off. Oh, fun. Yeah. So I can only imagine coming across something, again, that you're used to seeing a healthy deer, but this thing is basically a skeleton with skin on it. And then on top of it, it's to a point where its lips are and tongue are shredded and red and not right. And all like you were saying with the chronic wasting disease, you can see every bump and attachment under the skin against the bone. And it doesn't matter if you're used to seeing something on a daily basis at that point. That's not going to be what your mind associates with a deer. Yeah. And then on top of it, well, these things can have hands or claws for feet, right? Just imagine what a deer foot would look like with no hoof left. Yeah. So. No, thank you. Yeah. And then your primal survival instincts kick in. And by the time you make it back to the car or away from whatever this is it's all of a sudden five times the size that it actually was. And it's easy to have seen something that wasn't actually how you saw it. Cause here's a hot tip. Human memory is extremely fallible, fallible. One of those. Yeah. Fallible. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, there's definitely some possibilities of an explanation in some cases, other cases it's hard to argue with. Yeah, and then you have people who have seen both not deer and are avid hunters, so they've seen the chronic wasting disease and the blue tongue, and they're like, that's not what that is. Right, right. And once again, that's something that you have people that for generations have fed themselves and fed their families with hunting and despite what some uninformed opinions are about that hunters take excellent care as a generalization of the population of their game. That's how they feed themselves and their families. So maintaining knowledge of the health of the, of the herds around their area is a big part of lifestyle for a lot of people. And they're going to know what, chronic wasting disease looks like they're going to know what a blue tongue outbreak looks like now the thing with blue tongue is it not only it's not contagious as far as between animals um like body fluid to body fluid or like something sneeze you know a deer sneezing on another deer it's transmitted by biting midges and it can happen in any ruminant it's actually fairly common or more common in sheep It shows up sometimes in goats and cattle. It's unusual or or less usual, but it does show up in deer, pronghorn, and desert bighorn sheep. Now, the thing with this that's so interesting is many infected animals show no signs. So they'll be asymptomatic of this. And unfortunately, the ones that are symptomatic present with the same symptoms that we were just talking about and a lot of times a farmer won't know 
that their domestic herd of sheep has is even has something like this until it's too late when they're symptomatic. And those midges, they don't just stick with sheep. They'll go into local deer population, populations and such. So that is kind of unsettling. I believe if I remember correctly, um, the chronic wasting disease has like a 0% survival. Yeah. But it is technically possible to survive blue tongue. It's just not, not great chances. Not great chances, and you have to be working very closely and diligently with some educated veterinarian staff. Yeah. So there's, there's some explanations, but again, like Amanda was saying, people that are have grown up knowing what deer look like in all stages of health and life will still report seeing something like a not deer. Now, another possible explanation that has been thrown around for some of these sightings is the reintroduction of elk into some of the Appalachian Mountains in Kentucky. So elk and deer are not the same. They don't look the same. There's a huge difference in size. There's a difference in the shape of the antlers and everything. Most people that are out in the woods regularly are going to know the difference in the daylight. But if you see an elk in the dark where you don't expect to see an elk or don't think there could be an elk, what might your brain go to? Not deer. Yeah, that's not, I don't know what that is, but it's not a deer. So there's a few different logical explanations. And then again, there's just some, some encounters that you, there's no explanation for. Mm-hmm. I do have a couple stories um, to share, but I also dove into um, native legend because skinwalkers were brought up in a couple different posts I was reading about the not deer. Yeah. Skinwalk skinwalkers are from Navajo lore. They're malicious witches who have the ability to disguise themselves as animals. They are unable to look like hybrids, so half person, half whatever, and typically they don't turn into deer. So there are a couple things that I did see a post from someone who claimed to be friends with a native person who said that this is not at all what skinwalkers are supposed to be, but it does come up in conjunction with the not deer quite often. There is another story of, there's several stories in native cultures that involve deer and a vengeful spirit cross. One of those are the little deer, also known as Awi Usti. It's a Cherokee legend, and it talks about when the world was young, how animals and humans could speak to each other and they lived in peace with humans only hunting animals when they needed food or skins to make clothing. And then humans discovered weapons. They discovered a bow and arrow. With that, they could kill many animals easily more than they needed. And with that discovery, it seemed as though that the animals of the world would be eliminated quickly. 
So the animals came together and met and had a council and they decided that they would have to fight back against the people. They decided that they must learn how to use the same weapons as humans. The bears tried to make a bow and arrow, but they couldn't use it because their long claws got in the way. One of the bear warriors cut off his claws and then he was able to use his his bow and arrow. But with losing his claws, he could no longer climb trees. So several different animals tried and tried and came to the conclusion that none of them could handle the the bow and arrow in the fight against people eliminating them. And then the little deer, the Awi Usti, who was a leader with the council, they gathered and he said, I see what I've got to do. We can't stop the humans from hunting animals. That's how it was meant to be. But the humans are not doing things the right way or the fair way. So in order to, to stop them from killing us all, I will go and tell the hunters what they must do. When they want to kill a deer, they must prepare a ceremony. And they have to ask for permission to kill one of us. After they kill a deer, they had to be respectful and ask for pardon for the the hunt this little deer had magic and so if they didn't agree or if they didn't um follow the ceremony he would cripple them so he went to the humans and he told them this and they agreed and when they woke some of the hunters thought that they had been dreaming of what the little deer had come to them and said they, they tried and they tried to do what they were supposed to do, but some, some of the humans did not. And so the little deer came to them and he crippled them with, with arthritis and made their legs unable to be used. This whole legend is used even today and taught as a way to show respect for the hunt and not be overly greedy. So that's something that came with the Cherokee, which are also where a lot of the legends with the little people and the pygmies came from. I thought it was interesting. They also had a a small deer legend. Yeah, that is interesting. And then there's also the deer woman, which, yeah. Do you, do you want to take that one? Yeah, I could take that one. That's kind of a fun one but not really um (laughs) so the deer woman is or the deer lady is specifically found in native legends well i won't say specifically no it is native because natives are everyone not just america anyway uh so native legends normally the woodlands and central plains tribes if you are respectful of women and children she represents love and fertility. If you are harmful to women or children, she is vengeful and murderous. So that's fun. Yeah. Uh, generally, she appears as a beautiful woman with deer hooves for feet. She can turn herself into a deer or a hybrid between a person and a deer. The Ojibwe tradition has her banishable by tobacco smoke and chanting other traditions claim you can break her spell by looking at her feet 
Some say she's a sign of personal growth, transformation, or is considered a warning. Uh, it basically just depends on what tradition from what tribe you listen to, whether she is good or bad. But generally her origin is she was the victim of rape who was comforted by a deer before she died. She was brought back by the gods to seek her vengeance, at which point she lured her attackers into the forest, and when they noticed her deer feet, she trampled them to death, and continues to live on to punish those who prey on feminine innocence. So, if you're ever lured into the forest by a beautiful woman, look at her feet. Yeah. Now, one thing that I really enjoyed about this legend that I found throughout the Western United States, Oklahoma, Pacific Northwest, and even into more of our area with the Midwest, were different stories about these dear women having such a deep love of dancing that they will sometimes join a communal dance unnoticed by everyone else, leaving only when the music stops. Mm. They do love dancing and music. I do have that. Um, The only other real thing I have on this section is there's a book called Dear Woman, an Anthology, produced by Native Realities. Um, It's a book about the struggles of abuse and rape in Native cultures and came with a statistic that in 2008, 39% of Native women surveyed noted partner violence in their lifetime so that's fun so it's getting a resurgence as kind of like um yeah i don't want to say feminism but boosting awareness and trying to boost confidence and let people know this isn't okay you can't speak out that sort of thing so it is getting a resurgence which is nice in that way It's also something that there are so many, it's not just in America that there are legends of women, deer hybrids, performing this type of place in in societies, which I always find that interesting when it's a worldwide type of a commonly accepted story across cultures. Ah, yes, the deer men. I was just getting into deer men. Which, I don't know what to think of this one. It almost seems like just a... completely made-up, romanticized type of thing in in a strange way. Except for the length of these legends. And again, the, the commonly accepted stories across worldwide cultures of these hybrid antlered heads of a stag torso of men legs of a man well muscled fast large in size um and even a handful of these talk about these hybrid deer men being able to turn into full men or full deer and In America, they tend to be legends of the Cherokee and the Choctaw tribes, but the legends and lore of these these half-deer, half-men, they go back all the way into ancient Greek times. So they're 
They're all mm -hmm. over. I have so many native legends about this one. Take it away. So the first one is the Wendigo, which if you don't know what a Wendigo is, where have you been like ever? <laughs> it comes from the Plains and Great Lakes natives. It's an evil spirit that cannibalizes humans and eats livestock. It generally, it's not a deer, but it technically has, a, is depicted as having like a gaunt deer-like skull with antlers. Um, it is a humanoid sort of creature that is gaunt. There is the, I'm gonna butcher all of these. There is the Ijiret <laughs> from the Inuit peoples that are also known as caribou people. They live in mountains and caves. They can technically be any animal, but most often choose to look like caribou or people with caribou heads. I have a note about Greenlandic folk tales, noting several people that are able to turn themselves into caribou as well. So this is not just North America, this extends into Greenland. There is a story from the Sunny Apo, S-O-N-N-I-E-A-P-P-O-O, -O, from the, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I'm butchering all these, from the Okanagan tribe, O-K-A-N-A-G-A-N, that is known as the devil. It has the body of a man, a human face covered in deer hair, deer limbs, and bat wings. Oof. That is not a very friendly thing. No, that's almost like gargoyle type of picture coming to mind. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, kind of the opposite of staghead human torso. You have, like, Pan from Greek mythos. Yeah. You have Kernunos from Gaelic Celtic traditions. So you got, you got a couple deer men in legends and lore it yeah it's ugh. it's everywhere and there's something primally curious in people about these things again something like this that gains so much popularity across even social media platforms and things it always makes me wonder how much there has to be something more to it than just a cool a cool story for it to get so many people's attention and give so many people goosebumps that they can't quite put a finger on why yeah so there's i don't know do we want to touch on any reports and actual stories of not deer or anything um i do have a couple stories we'll stick with the deer men i do have a deer man story oh do tell where yeah so it comes from an anonymous poster on a website called dark stories from an unknown location uh, they went camping on their friend's property and they went walking through the forest when they came across a man who was basically face down unresponsive and they called to him said you can't be here this is private property and when he didn't respond, they started walking a little bit closer. And at that point, he kind of arched and tucked and extended and 
ran away in the form of a doe. That's weird. Just a little weird. Oof. Which I don't know how high were you <laughs> because that seems highly unbelievable to me, but and then I only have two other stories. The first one about the not deer is from Reddit. Both of them are from Reddit. One's from ampersand.sys. Mm. Uh, reported from the forests of Virginia, describes the not deer as antlerless, large, with legs one and a half times the length that's normal, a bovine head and barrel chested. Uh, basically, he was driving down the road at night when he came across what he thought was a deer. He flashed his high beams at it. It took a couple steps towards him. He flashed his high beams at it again, revved his engine, at which point it jumped up on two of its back legs and popped basically on its two back legs into the darkness of the forest. No, thank you. That being said, though, standing up on on two legs is something that deer do. That That's another thing that we didn't really touch on is stuff like standing on two legs is something deer normally do. It's a very sort of defensive posture, especially around other deer. Um, and deer also apparently eat meat. Yeah, they can. When they need the nutrients. Mm -hmm. So that's not uncommon. Yeah. I learned that too. Deer might be slightly horrifying. Just a little <laughs> More bit. More horrifying than not deer. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the two legs, the deer standing on two legs, is a fairly common thing for them to do if they feel threatened or need to be or appear bigger than they are. It's very common for does to do this when they have young fawns and or are in estrus. Bucks will do it to impress does and or fight off other bucks or predators that are getting too close to their herd sometimes. They'll even do it if there's apples in a tree that are just out of reach. They do it in the backyard here sometimes when they want to steal more apples mm -hmm. or pears off the trees. No, those are my apples <laughs> and pears. Tell them no. You are going to have to fight the kids for them because we have, they have picked several bags of them and I think they ate their body weight in pears at least twice this weekend. Wait, wait, you have the, why didn't I come up this weekend? I don't know. I have a bag of quilting fabric for you, by the way. Oh, well then I will give you pairs for fabric. Okay. I don't know how much of it you're going to wind up using, but it's what mom was willing to get rid of. So uh, she was cleaning out her stash. Probably all of it because I'm a hoarder that way. I know you are. So. Anyway, <laughs> not dear. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, anyhow, so the, the standing on two legs thing is not unusual, but... The walking on two legs or for, you know, more than just, I'm going to try to intimidate you. Not normal. Um, hopping, normal. Walking, not normal. Yeah. Just And saying. this one specifically said hopping. Yeah. So. so, I mean, they're not going to walk like a person, you know. They might hop and get out of a situation, but anyhow. So the last story I have is also from Reddit. It's from Kenneth Eero, uh, unknown location, but he claims they claim to have seen one three separate times. The first one was in his backyard 
it basically just stood there and watched him. He claims the joints on the deer were in the normal locations, but then, like, the legs bent between the joints. That's not right. <laughs> no, that's not right at all. Um, there was another story he had, they had, about uh, them trail riding and one chasing them and their horse for three whole miles. No, thank you. And then the last one he saw basically turned its head upside down. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you to all of those. <laughs> so, one of the, the platforms that the Not Deer have gained so much popularity on lately is TikTok. And. I recently got talked into getting on TikTok, and I'm not sure why, but I decided to... I don't know either, because you send me TikToks, and I'm like, I don't know what this is. It's a video, and it's funny, and you should watch it. But <laughs> okay. um, I probably sent you a handful of, of ones of the, quote, not deer stuff. Um, but I did end up looking up that particular tag, and there was some really interesting videos on there that as someone that spends a lot of time around deer <laughs> shocked me how little a lot of folks seem to know about just typical deer behavior or what they look like. And then there were some different stories that, you know, videos that were kind of um, disturbing to say the least. Yeah. I, I take it with a grain of salt because there's so many, nothing was clear. Nothing was the things that were clear were pretty obviously not completely real either. There were several videos that showed actual deer that had noticeable deformities. And the one that comes to mind immediately is this guy was filming in night vision and a deer came flying down a pathway at him, came up over a, a berm on the road and then down the road at him. And then another deer followed it and its head was twisted almost completely upside down and it was running too. And there were so many different comments on this video about that's a not deer. This is, you know, it was chasing this, um, this other deer. If you see your deer running like that, you should run too. And then look what's coming at it. I believe that might've even been the caption on the video is if you see, you see this deer running and then this is what's coming after it. And it shows this horribly deformed deer. It was pretty clearly a deer that had probably been hit by a car or has some sort of congenital problem was deformed because it was also mm. running from something. I was a little shocked at the, lack of common sense and actually looking at it objectively. Yeah. I don't know why that shocked me doing what I do for a living, but it did. <laughs> I mean, that, I think that's a huge part of it is as much as I love the not deer. And even though I know there's a logical explanation, I'm going to let myself have this one. Yeah. It, um, it just, what I'm, what I mean by this is so the common sense of things behave in certain ways and you know I see squirrels all the time I don't know all the habits of squirrels so if I see a squirrel that's acting funny I'm not gonna 
sit there and think, oh, it's some weird demon hybrid creature. I'm going to be like, what is it doing that I don't know squirrels do? Like, eat all my freaking tomatoes. <laughs> anyway. Not holding Maybe a grudge not. about that one at all. Oh, no, not at all. So another one, another video that I had seen that was very much people freaking out over, oh, my goodness, that's a not deer. That's that. It's got this. It's got that. And there was a fairly large buck walking circles on what looked like a groomed golf course. And it's it's muzzle. It's lips looked very obscene and and wrong and bloody and its teeth looked wrong and then having looked up and done some research on what some of these different diseases are that can cause some of these issues its tongue sticking out of its mouth about six inches and it's bright blue and it's like that's not a cryptid that's a sick deer yeah so I'm not saying this to be like, there's absolutely nothing out there that is possibly, you know, nothing is a not deer. I'm saying that a lot of what I've, I've seen as far as video evidence seems to be either specifically put together to be a not deer or misidentified as something that has probably either been hit by a car or survived a hunting injury and walks bow-legged or has some sort of congenital problem or is suffering from a disease. Yeah, the problem with the internet is it tends to have a mob mentality to things Yeah, that I don't like. And this, I think, falls into that with people saying, oh, it's this. Well, it's not this. It's clearly, like you were saying, something that's you know, horribly disfigured or incredibly sick. And because one person said it, now it's just fact and nobody looks further into it because this person said it, they must know what they're talking about. Yeah. And in some of these cases on the one video, the creator of the video actually had posted it in the comments then that they were suffering with an outbreak of blue tongue disease in the area in several at several different farms and with some of the uh, deer population so it's just it's very interesting and then you have the people that see something that's genuinely not right and those encounters tend to be the ones that don't end up with video or photographic evidence because they were out minding their own business and believe it or not, not everybody walks around glued to their phone all the time. (laughs) Especially when you're in the woods. Mm -hmm. That's the point of being in the woods. But this topic definitely gets my interest. And I I vacillate between 100% believing that there's something out there like this and 100% believing that everybody's full of crap and it doesn't exist and there's a logical explanation for all of it. And that's half the fun of I it. Mean, I know there's a logical explanation for all of it, but I want there to be at least some mystery or some mystical, magical, whatever shenanigans in the world. So I let myself have it that there are not deer, and I absolutely love them. And we're going to North Carolina 
in a couple weeks, and I totally want to go not deer hunting, and Kyle won't let me. Uh, he's probably afraid you're going to, like, try to run off with him. Yeah. I would be the person to tame a cryptid and bring it home as a pet. You are the deer whisperer, okay? I don't whisper to deer. I just don't understand. <laughs> I think I might still have that video. Uh, so, hot tip, if you're with a deer and it starts, like, nodding its head at you, that does not mean it's trying to communicate. That means it's trying to goad you into attacking it because it thinks you're a predator and you will eat it when it's not paying attention. So don't stand there for, like, 15 to 20 minutes nodding back at the deer arguing about who's going to eat who. Okay. Uh, yeah. Not saying that that's a real story of something I may or may not have done. <laughs> or something. Hi, Doggo. You're fine. Or it's just something. Thunder, man. I have a very upset dog that there's thunderstorms moving in, and he's like... Oh, no. I, the thunder will eat me. I will stand right in front of horses that are trying to knock me over without flinching, but the thunder can't do it. Poor Cash. Yeah. He'll be okay. He's he's sitting here breathing on me. So, he's happy. Yeah. But, anyhow, back on the subject here. We would love nothing more than to get some stories of, of not deer. Please give me all the not deer stories. This, I need them all. I want to hear stories of encountering them i want to hear of theories on what's actually happening or not actually happening it just is such a just such a fantastic subject that has my interest completely please send all stories all the stories instagram youtube uh we have an email and a website Mm -hmm. and yeah lots lots of ways to get a hold of us yes please and what are we doing next time? My brother has requested Hugh Glass, but I don't know how long of an episode that's actually going to be because a lot of it is this thing supposedly happened. There's no record of it happening. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I bet you it can be a decent sized one. I mean, we can probably make it a decent-sized one. We've done more with less. I did not know of his existence, and I might be super excited about this. Uh, if anyone does not know who Hugh Glass technically is, if you have seen the movie The Revenant, you know exactly who Hugh Glass is. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> but his story is so much more wild than that. There are pirates. There is a bear attack. There is being abducted by natives. It's kind of insane. It's another one of those that the actual story is crazier than anything that might have been made up. Yes. So. Next time. Tune in next time. Send us your stories. Check us out across all of our social stuff. And in the meantime, we will see y'all next time. We will see you guys next time. This has been a a Tall Tales, an independently written, recorded, and produced podcast. Our intro sounds are Crackling Fireplace by Julius H. and Nightwoods by Widget Studios. Our intro song is Harmonica Solo by Julius H. 
This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only.